When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Inside the Archives. I'm your host, Marty Rosenbaum, XRT's digital content producer and all things social media. And it's it's been a while since we've spoken together. So I have a reward for those of you that have been patiently waiting for a new podcast episode. A double bill. That's right. Two podcast episodes released on the same day as a reward for your patience since the last podcast episode I did was a Lollapalooza preview podcast with Marty Leonard's. It's August, everyone's on vacation, but I have two great episodes that I'm really excited to share with you. So before we get underway, I want to remind you that Inside the Archives is on iTunes. You can find us in the iTunes library by searching for Inside the Archives. Subscribe to the show, rate us, leave a review, and find a full archive of episodes that you can share with your friends. Emma Mack has been the voice of XRT Overnights for several years now and has a unique relationship with the station. Not only is she the XRT baby as the youngest DJ, she also grew up listening to the station and it played a profound role on shaping her musical taste. In today's episode, I touch on this relationship with her. We also discuss the effect Overnight Radio has had on her personal life, how she finds and gets excited by new music, how she gets to test some of the great new songs you hear on XRT, and what rock and roll means to the millennial generation, as well as many, many more topics. So I'm excited to share this episode as well as the next episode that is coming out a little bit later today with you. Just a reminder that you can find a full list of episodes on 93xrt.com slash inside the archives, as well as subscribing to us in iTunes. Joining me now on Inside the Archives is a voice that you only hear if you're up way too late, wake up way too early in the morning, or stumbling out of the bar at an hour that no one should be out at, or working the third shift. Right now, welcome to Inside the Archives. I'm a Mac. Hi, Marty. Thanks for having me. Yeah, how are you doing? Great. Well, I'm glad we finally are able to talk, and we're recording this right now for what is probably breakfast time for you, right? It's about 7.30 at night. Just had uh, some coffee, some eggs. Yeah, so you're just waking up. Feeling and good. Feeling good. <laughs> yeah. on, the other side of the, on the other side of the day for me, we already had happy hour and everything. So I don't <laughs> recommend you do that, but okay. maybe when everyone wakes up in the morning. But I'm glad to be able to speak to you today because you have a really unique perspective being at XRT. You've been at the station for a long time now, but you're still the newbie there. You're still the baby mm-hmm. of XRT. You're also hosting a radio show during an interesting period of the day, the overnight hour, where, as we mentioned, all types of activity is going on. It's uh, third shift workers, still hustle and bustle going on, but Mm -hmm. not a lot of people really seem to be up. I mean, whenever I've been around downtown Chicago that late at night or even just walking around the streets, hanging out and up, you don't see a lot of activity, but there's still a hustle and bustle. And you see that firsthand. On the oh, absolutely. Shift. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd never really thought about it until I started working nights. And then um, the more, you know, as the years go by, I'm, I just realized that there's such a, an overnight community. There's so many people that I hear from. Um, it, it, yeah. It's really fun um, hosting the show overnight because it's kind of like a, a club, you know, it's like we're in it together, you know, yeah. <laughs> it could be a long night, but we're going to do it together. We're going to get through it. You know, there's so many 
people driving Uber and Lyft, um, a ton of people making deliveries, um, custodians, uh, uh, people in hospitals. You know, it's how a lot of the work in the city gets done is overnight, you know. And so I always keep that in mind when um, I'm, you know, anytime I open the mic because I'm speaking to people who um, they're up and they're, you know, working and they they're uh, they're there with me, which is cool. Right. And you're providing their soundtrack, much like you walk into a doctor's or dentist office during the day. They have XRT going in the background in a mm-hmm. warehouse, wherever it is you have the exact same role to play, but Mm -hmm. you get to have a little bit more creative freedom when it comes to your playlist and stuff. So we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later, getting to the deep archives, which is a nice play on words that we get to use here (laughs) uh, that you get to comb through when doing your radio show. But I want to talk about the overnight shift first, because it's, it's a unique position that if you experience it, it's not exactly something you prepare for. I'm sure when you first thought, you were going to be on air, you're like, all right, maybe it'll be overnight. Maybe it won't be, but people's bodies aren't naturally attuned to being awake overnight. How, no. how do you adjust to that? No, or have you adjusted? <laughs> no, they're not. I get that question a lot. It's like, oh, do you ever get used to it? And the answer is no. There are ways to um, deal with it that I've figured out. Like I kind of have it down to a science. Like you really, you just have to take care of yourself especially like you have to drink a ton of water and eat right and work out and make sure you get some sun in and make sure you get some FaceTime with other humans because I'm alone in there (laughs) at at this station um, to do it. And it's, yeah, it hasn't always been easy. It's been, it's been tough. I think especially the first two years, it was like, whoa, you know, I I feel really alone in here. But um, as you go, you just figure out, you know, uh, ways to kind of, um, to make it work for you. Right. And one a former XRT DJ, Mark Algini, a couple of years back, he used to host the overnight and produce Lynn and Mary's morning show. I think about and that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Which is nine straight hours of radio is a yeah. lot. I mean, you do a couple hours and it takes a lot out of you, but nine straight hours of radio props to him for doing that. But I remember he told me one time that it feels like you're flying to England every single week (laughs) when you go from a weekend where you're off you have two days off you have normal hours but Mm -hmm. then you have to go back to your overnight schedule it's like you're flying overseas it's like you're constantly jet lagged which is actually why i i stay on night seven days a week really yeah i don't um i i you know i i used to try to (laughs) flip my schedule on the weekends but it's just you're setting yourself up for you know just some some hurt (laughs) so i just i just stay with it so what does your day look like when you're not on the radio then and you have an entire day off um man i mean time-wise you know activities we don't need to go go into detail on but um you're keeping a pretty similar schedule yeah well so during the week i i go to bed at like 6 30 and i'm up at like 2 30 and then on the weekends um i pretty much keep that i'm a i'm an expert napper that's a there's a science to napping there absolutely <laughs> you had a great video you put out oh yeah about a year ago the hidden nap spots of xrt would you care to share those for those that may have not yeah. seen the video uh, i have all the great nap spots there's there's some nooks you know if you go looking um lynn has a nice couch it's a little small um uh styles and roman are the morning show uh hosts of us 99 they have a great couch that's a good one um and then i think i believe in the video i went under a few desks and found some spots. They double as, um, you know, tornado shelters, <laughs> even though we're on the 10th floor, I guess that doesn't work. You can never be um, too safe. But uh, you know what? I found a few more, actually. I should do another video. 
Yeah, you can do an update. Yeah. We've had a little bit of remodeling since yeah, then, too. Yeah, yeah. Things have changed. <laughs> there are new new napping nooks. Well, you can follow Emma on Facebook at Emma Mac and on Twitter at Emma Mac XRT. It's really great to see, as it's the point you touched on earlier, something of a community that has developed amongst the overnight mm-hmm. workers, people that are up during those hours. And you can see that right there on your Twitter feed. As you mentioned earlier, it's got to be tough sitting there by yourself. And any DJ will tell you, you crack a microphone, you're talking to tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands. But sometimes it feels like you're just talking to yourself. How has social media provided you that outlet, A, to be able to interact with other people during that hour, but just to really become a part of that community too? It's it's uh, fantastic because it is really hard to make the connection that I'm turning on a microphone and I don't have my audience visually. I can't see them. And so it's hard to make the connection that people are listening. I don't know why. It seems like it comes really naturally to some other DJs. But for me, it's like I really have to picture a radio on in a kitchen and someone's making, you know, cooking something or it's on in a garage and and someone's doing yard work because otherwise it's easy to kind of just get trapped into that and think you're talking to yourself. You really have to keep in mind that your audience is out there. Um, Social media is fantastic. I guess I'm most active on Twitter because um, I I like just how instant Twitter is and and how good it it can be for the news cycle. Um, But uh, yeah, it's great to get feedback, you know, because sometimes you do feel like, you know, is anybody out there? It's 2.30 in the morning and then someone tweets at you like, wow, that song, I haven't heard that in forever. That really made my night thanks for playing that, then that makes my night. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got through to someone. That's so cool. You know, like that, it means so much. So, um, Twitter, Facebook, a lot of social media. It's, it's such a, an awesome way to connect to listeners. And I always love getting messages and, and stuff like that from people. And the other thing I do overnight is I kind of chop it up between like two parts. So from midnight to 4am, I say, tonight and everything is um today and tonight so t- right now it's tuesday so until 4 a.m it's going to be tuesday um when i go in tonight and then after 4 a.m i'm on till 5 30 so then i say i change my vernacular now it's today i start giving the weather because i kind of figure out that's like the main point that the early birds are up you know so it's kind of cool because i'm with the night owls at the beginning but then i kind of get a new audience in front of me and then I can start speaking to people that are getting up for the day and playing, you know, maybe a little more motivating music or changing my delivery so that I'm, you know, approaching it differently. And is that something you've noticed when people are interacting with you on Twitter that the crowd does change just the way they speak with you? You know that people are waking up after a night's sleep versus people that are in the middle of their shift? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How so? Um like last week, for example, I got an email from someone that was, um, hey, uh, on my way to my first day of school as a teacher, and um, ah, what was it? Maybe it was a Wilco song. Man, I can't remember right now, but <laughs> there was something I played that they were like, I needed that. I'm like so pumped to get to school right now, you know, and that was like a, I think I got it at like 4.30. So a lot of it has to do with the content, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What they're saying. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that time period because a, cu- a couple months ago you wrote a blog about uh, third shift workers and just some musings, habits you've developed during that time. And there's one line you wrote that really struck with me. And in fact, I might name the title of this podcast it because it's great. But <laughs> you say, life is upside down. 
Mm-hmm. Now you've got the unique perspective where you're seeing concerts for breakfast yeah, <laughs> and you're going to sleep as people are watching the morning news. Mm-hmm. But there also comes that responsibility of still having to monitor the news cycle. And I think back to the time when David Bowie passed away. Mm. You were on air, weren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like one thirty in the morning. Yeah. What was that experience like just seeing that story develop and then basically having to deliver the news that David Bowie has passed. That was rough because it was, I think I'd only been on a year. Um, so I was still pretty new. Um, and it was devastating. And it was my first experience setting my emotions aside and putting on a news reporter hat. Right. You know, because XRT DJ's delivery has always been so conversational. And then all of a sudden I have to be like, wow, this is really serious and really happening and really important to our listeners. And I need to approach this in a way that is, um, respectful, serious, uh, you know, um, informative. And it was just, it was a learning experience. You know, it was like, as well as, you know, being devastated at the same time. I'm a huge fan of David Bowie. So to see that, you know, it was just so interesting. You mentioned that you'd only been on air for a year at that point, mm-hmm. and he's a music icon, yeah. a legend, <laughs> yeah. and that's underselling it a little bit. Right. How does an experience like that shape you moving right. forward? I mean, because well, there's been other instances of news breaking, um, maybe not to that magnitude, but stuff you still have to report on. Yeah, Greg Allman died when I was on the air, mm. um, and Joe Cocker, I think, too. And every time something like that happens, and not even when artists die, but just in other si- situations, I it's such a confidence check because you know you always do this like you know well who am I to be here and do this on this station that I grew up listening to and you kind of have to just push that voice aside and be like you know someone's got to do it right <laughs> like it's if it's not me it's the next guy so I might as well. well and then you'll be five hours late at that point <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly um yeah so it's a weird kind of uh mind game to play um but it's also, it's just so important and you kind of have to put your ego out of it and just be like, this is breaking and really important and uh, our listeners need to hear this. And so I'm going to, um, you know, just uh, make it happen. Right. Well, and it's got to be touching to know that people on the receiving end of this news, you were the one that first informed them. People who were super fans of David Bowie, um, Joe Cocker, Greg Allman, who's have many life experiences that identify with it will now have you playing a part of those mm-hmm. memories as well because you deliver the news and they'll remember where they were when they first heard it. Yeah. It's like, you know, you get bad news from a friend and you have to tell another friend or family member that mm-hmm. someone passed away. That's not a phone call that you want to make, you know, so turning on the mic and making that phone call to thousands of people, that's not, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. So yeah, it's a, it's not a fun job. Well, <laughs> let's let's put that aside because there are certainly fun things yeah, that can happen on the are. overnight. Um, and you and just browsing through your Twitter feed as I do during the day to catch up on what has happened, you have some pretty interesting reactions. Are there any that stick out off the top of your head that you think this is only going to occur at two thirty in the morning? Um, you mean kind of like uh, things that are tweeted to me? Tweeted, phone calls, emails, just any unique experience where when you look back at it 20 years from now and say, Marty Blunders doesn't have to deal with this. (laughs) No, this person's not going to do this to Terry just because it's at a reasonable hour. Right. Um, You know, nothing really comes to mind straight away. 
um, I don't know. We have uh, we have some very passionate listeners who will call and want to chat for you know 15 minutes when you got to pick some songs. But I don't think that's specific to the overnight. I think that it happens. You know, so you have to be very careful about answering the phone yeah. <laughs> and decide <laughs> if you have time to pick it up or not. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of anything specific uh, to the overnight though that um, I don't know. Crazy stuff can happen at any time. So yeah. when something does happen, I'll be on the lookout for that okay. story the following morning. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave it there. But you mentioned earlier that you grew up listening to XRT. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I was excited to speak with you today is that you have a really unique position at the radio station. People have been DJs at XRT for decades now. You know, They're icons in the city, icons in radio. Um, didn't necessarily grow up listening to the station. A couple people did. But for the most part, they were the ones who helped shape what XRT into what it is today you were on the receiving end of that you grew up where xrt was already established as an iconic rock station right where the djs were the coolest cats in the room that knew a ton about music you know just take me through that whole experience from when you first started listening to the station how it helped shape who you are as a music fan as a person um and just what role the station played in your life um, yeah, well, I grew up in LaGrange Park, um, born in 89, 90s kid, you know, uh, so yeah, I grew up listening to XRT, my parents always had it on, um, and then uh, in, you know, middle school, high school, when I really started to get into music, I thought, you know, XRT DJ became a goal, um, didn't ever think I would get it ever. <laughs> uh, I, but I got lucky because my high school station, uh, Lions Township had a radio, uh, radio station, WLTL, which is fantastic. It's, um, they really have an awesome thing going there. Um, and a lot of kids do radio in high school and then take that and do, you know, kind of other things with in journalism. So it's not like, it's just this, um, it's, it only pertains to radio. There's a lot of great that comes out of that. Then I did care UI at Iowa and then I interned, um, at, uh, university of Iowa. And then I interned right after I graduated at XRT. Um, and that's why I met you. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> we'll touch on that in a little bit. And, uh, yeah, so I, I've been there for seven years. Um, and I, uh, once I got there, it was kind of like, uh, I worked in promotions for a couple of years and I started throwing demos at Norm Weiner, the uh, then program director. And, um, you know, I think that timing had a lot to do with it and luck. And I think Norm has a history of taking a chance on really young bands that don't know what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> and maybe young people that have no idea what they're doing. And lucky for me, he did. So, um, that's kind of my background, I guess, uh, and there, you know, that whole first year on air was just this like pinch me. What am I doing here? I'm not, you know, I'm not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not worthy to be on the air. Um, it's got to be a little bit terrifying at the yeah. same time as, as, as cool and as rewarding of a feeling it must be to achieve your goal. Now you got to step up to the plate and deliver. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for because <laughs> you just might get it. And when you get it, uh, Yeah. It can be scary at times, but I just approach everything, you know, as they come. Every interview or, or earlier uh, daytime shift, that still kind of uh, irks me sometimes to get on when it's daylight mm-hmm. out. That's like, well, 
okay, audience is <laughs> a lot bigger right now. Um, but yeah, it's once again, it's just pushing away that voice that says, um, you know, you don't belong here and um, just digging in. Right. So we both crossed paths at XRT at the same time, mm-hmm. coming right out of college in the promotions department. And like so many people in radio, and it's one of my favorite parts about radio, everyone has taken many different twists and turns to get to the position where they're at today. And everyone has a unique story. You know, you, you, you first shared with us how you got your break at XRT. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you integrate yourself as part of the fabric of the station? Meanwhile, carrying on your own personality and likely having someone on the receiving end of the radio going through what you did as a kid. Yeah, that's tough. Um, that's, you know, a really delicate line to walk because I am a fan of the station. Um, like sometimes I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just a fan who, um, who really liked the station and then really got involved with it. And that's true. You know, I was just like, I'm crazy about the music that they play and, um, and, and how we program the station, and I want to be a part of that. Um, it, but then it, it comes to a certain time where if you maintain this really starry-eyed approach to it, then um, you're keeping yourself from uh, uh, kind of moving up, you know what I mean? So it's like you have to take it off the pedestal and be like, for a minute, it's just a radio station, and I'm going to do what I can to contribute and improve it because if you keep it, you know, being this sort of like really glorified, uh, thing in the distance that you'll never reach, then it's hard to, um, you know, get over that and just kind of make radio. Right. And listeners can sense that too, especially XRT listeners. Yeah. If you know that someone's not really being authentic or true to themselves, where I think you do a great job of presenting who you are on the air and clearly showing that you're a big fan of what the station does, but really maintaining that sense of, you know, professionalism and respect as well. Mm-hmm. For That's it. it's weird having a job that is tied to your personality because I don't do this and none of the DJs do this where, you know, you turn on the mic and you're a different person and you're, you know, some, uh, DJ personality that you're crafting. It's like, no, we just turn on the mic and talk. Um, and so to, you know, contribute your personality to something like that makes it really personal um, because you're really, you know, giving yourself to your work, um, which is also, it does make it personal and it makes it um, stressful sometimes, but it also makes it really um, uh, uh, validating. Right. Well, does that make you feel vulnerable at all? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because, yeah, what if they don't like me? <laughs> ah, Everyone loves you. I'm just but a kid. <laughs> for a kid, a kid for another 15 years, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. for you, it was Jason, it was, uh, Jason Thomas, and right. he was there since 2006, so right. I know how that goes. But it, it is really interesting, and, you know, the other, the other times you've been on air and been on the radio, have you really felt a similar experience of okay, I'm really opening myself up here as opposed to just being a radio personality. Definitely. Yeah. There are certain breaks that you take where you say, I'm going to take this one step further and really talk about, um, you know, what this album means to me or how it might be impacting, you know, our current uh, worldview or something like that versus just being like, 
hey, this is a new song from Death Cab for Cutie. Enjoy, you know, right. because you we have a unique opportunity at this station where we can do that. You know, and like really put ourselves into presenting the music because that's what we're passionate passionate about. Is um, I really enjoyed the song, and I want you to listen because I think that if you're a fan of the station, you're gonna like this. And that's yeah, that's what we're passionate about, and that's what makes it all so gratifying. Well, it's been interesting to see you develop your personality over the past five years. You've been on air now, mm-hmm. and you've come into your own in a very tough spot overnight like you said you develop a community but you still have to speak to the greater whole and it's not just a fan club that you're talking to and a lot of listeners that i've spoken with say the thing they feel strongest about xrt is it really feels like you're just talking to your friends um you're talking to a familiar face or you're hearing a familiar face um show you this music now from the music side you have a little bit more freedom when it comes to your song selections um, you know, all the DJs at XRT do get to uh, program their shows, select music that they want to play. Um, but you get to dig a little bit deeper into our archives of yeah. songs. Are, are there still times where you pick a song, you may know the artist, you don't know what song it is, oh, and you play it and you're like, this is freaking awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what, are, what are some examples of those? Oh, my god, That's happened lately. That's why it's so much fun. Um yeah, overnight, I have like, you know, 30 second to 90 second commercial breaks, which means that's, you know, three more songs an hour, four. Roughly. Maybe, yeah. yeah and for a comparison, throughout um, the morning, mid morning, afternoon, and evening, you're having four and a half to five minute commercial breaks. Right. So it right. makes a huge difference over it the does. course of an hour. It really opens up the vault. Um, yeah. And I'll, uh, and John Farnita is our music director, and he's fantastic. And, He's constantly uh, putting things back on the shelf, taking things off the shelf and throwing it in to the library. Um, You know, we're picking from so many songs, but still you're turning over the library and you're finding something new. Do you know the song Praying Mantis by Don Dixon? No. Right? No one does. (laughs) And I played it the other day and I was like, this is amazing. I think Don Dixon was a big producer in the 80s. And so it's kind of like a one hit wonder for him. Okay. Uh, don't quote me on that. I don't. This know. is where we get called out on for <laughs> yeah, being young and disclaimer. naive, which I'm happy to take the criticism. <laughs> by the way, disclaimer: I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of music. <laughs> the that you don't want to hear that person talk. That's, <laughs> that's a very annoying human. Um, but yeah, it's the best song. It's just fantastic. It's goofy, and I think it's it's from the late '80s. And I, I played it. I was like just sitting there smiling to myself, like this is glorious. And I hope that someone on the other end of it is hearing it, like where did this come from? Either I've never heard it before, and it's awesome, or I haven't heard this in 30 years. Um, you know, and and we're the station that gets to play it for you, which is so cool. How often does that happen to you, or do you get that feeling? Um, fi- uh, finding something new in the library. It- Finding or, something in the library or just sitting there and thinking, man, you know, this, this, this song, this yeah, is it right here. Just blasting it. Yeah. Um, pretty often, especially because sometimes it's with uh, brand new music. Um, and that's why New Music Thursdays are so much fun because, you know, it's like brand new song from Father John Misty. Oh, my God, we're playing it. This is so cool. And you just sit there and blast it and, you know, grin like an idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I get to play this so that, you know, all these people can hear it for the first time, which is such a cool feeling. Right. And I've discovered tons of music through XRT, both, you know, new and old. And you're consistently pushing the boundaries to see what new music is going to stick 
with listeners have you got do you get a sense when you play a new song that all right this is going to be something that you're going to be hearing a whole lot of in the coming you know coming weeks or do you get the feeling that this doesn't have it and then have been proven wrong in retrospect uh that's a good question and that's um a skill that i i don't think i am great at but i'm always like curious the people that do have that that can hear something and be like oh this is going to be big because that's um it feels like it's you know really a very few people Mm -hmm. that that have that like that song do you know the song you're somebody else by flora cash yeah we're playing that one right now Mm -hmm. and the first time i heard it it just didn't stick and it was like i don't know what that was you know second time all right i like this third time this is great fourth time this is fantastic it took me four times to be like wow, I believe it, you know, but it, it took John, our music director or their producer or promoter, someone else one time, right. you know, and they're just like, oh, this is great. Right. And I think that is real talent. And the people that have that are, you know, I don't know how you develop that. Right. <laughs> you just kind of have it. So you talk about music being tested out on your show, mm-hmm. you know, on average per week, how many new so- songs that are new to you or new songs that may have been added to the XRT library. Are you testing out a week? Um, I don't know if I have the very first play, but I'll have one of the first plays um, for a couple songs. A couple songs. Yeah. Depending on the week, depending on the releases and um, you know, when the albums are coming out and stuff like that. But, And, and songs that are getting added to the XRT library, when they get tested out, are these always new songs or are they sometimes older songs that may be getting played on XRT for the first time or stuff that is dug up for whatever reason and they say, Emma, you're gonna, we want to try yeah. it out on your show. Well, that's what's so cool is like, you know, we will get brand new stuff uh, to play and a lot of times we'll play, you know, even if we don't stick with it for months or, or we know that this is something that we want to, you know, stick with for a really long time, we'll still... Uh, try it out we played sting and shaggy you know that (laughs) who saw that one coming (laughs) we were playing that single for a while you know we're not playing it anymore but i'm glad that we did because that's always been xrt it's always been progressive and let's try this new thing um so yeah it is the new music which is really exciting but then it's also that old stuff that um we're constantly changing you know it I, I don't exactly know the time frame for how often they switch up kind of our more like core songs in the library and our more uh, rare and obscure stuff. But I mean, every time I go in, I can find something that I haven't played in months or that I've never played or um, something like that, which is it a radio station in 2018. That's a luxury. Yeah, it's not common. And it leads perfectly into my next topic that I want to discuss with you is rock and roll. XRT, you're hearing stuff way back, early Beatles, all the way up until Sting and Shaggy, like we mentioned, the new <laughs> releases, but stuff stuff that may not even be coming out or hitting, um, getting, getting an EP, an album for several months in advance, and people are debuting singles to help promote the album. So it's a wide range of music that is covered here. You know, as someone who is 29 years old, I'm 29, about to turn 30. We are, as I mentioned before, young and naive. Mm-hmm. Hold no qualms. <laughs> Send all feedback to me. We don't know what we're talking about. We have no idea. 
But it's an interesting position that we're in because you and I are both big fans of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Grew up in rock and roll households amongst other music as well. But rock and roll, you know, for me, and you can let me know if this is your case, was the, the main focus. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were growing up, rock and roll wasn't the dominant music genre. Right. A lot of pop music, kind of the beginning of rap and hip hop's takeover of, um, you know, top 40 radio. You started to hear um, more rap, hip hop, um, pop music as well, leaning further away from the rock and roll elements. So when people say now, oh, rock is dead, it's like, well, you can look back 25 years. I mean, look at our sister station jams. It's a throwback station made off of hip hop. Right. And that's been a dominant music force for a while. So what I wanted to get your take on was two things. How, what would you say the state of rock and roll is? Mm-hmm. And does it still appeal to people our age and younger? Yeah, that's my pet peeve when people say rock and roll is dead because that just means you're lazy and you don't know where to look for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's, oh God, there's so much good music that's coming out, you know, all the time. You just, you, it, it all depends about your mindset. So, you know, when we were growing up, 90s, yeah, we had XRT on, but when you're younger, it's pop music. You know, that's what's cool. And, you know, pop music in the early aughts was just yeah. terrible. I make no qualms about having listened to that as a yeah. teenager. Um, and I remember when I started discovering classic rock and, you know, I have a memory of being in the car with my cousin and I had my Rubber Soul CD in, uh, playing and she wanted B96 on and we were going back and forth and it, it wasn't cool, you know, to want to listen to the Beatles. Um, and so I think I succumbed to that. But um, but that's a really cool purpose that classic rock served for me was it took me, it gave me an outlet away from all the crap rap and pop that was, you know, popular when you're 14. And it's like, wait, no, there's all this. There's the Beatles and the Stones and CSNY and Bob Marley and Neil Young and, all, and Fleetwood Mac and all this stuff. And then you get hooked on that and then um that's like it's like a gateway drug <laughs> yeah <laughs> into more modern stuff so then you get a little older and then there's indie rock and then there's you know jam bands and and, and it, it just never ends um so i think people that say rock and roll is dead are just attached to classic rock mm-hmm. but i think classic rock can be a way to you know open your mind into into other stuff if you'll let it if you'll you know let yourself open up to new music um i think soul music right now the state of soul music is fantastic because it is all these kids that grew up listening to the supremes and the four tops and aretha franklin and the temptations and stevie wonder and now we have saint paul and the broken bones and lake street dive uh, Leon Bridges, you know, all of this awesome soul music that it's not the same thing. It's being reinvented and it's so fun to see live, you know, and there are different genres of rock like that, that, you know, I, I really enjoy. Well, that's an interesting point you make about soul music because I love, you know, funk and soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that people around our age bracket have started identifying with that music more. You know, why do you think that is? And what is it about artists like Leon Bridges, you know, maybe the late Sharon Jones, who allowed people to connect 
with this music genre that's been a key component of American music for the past 50, 60 years. Yeah. There's something nostalgic about it, you know? It's weird to, like, have nostalgia for a time you didn't live through, Mm -hmm. but um, I think you and I could both be accused of that for sure. Easily. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's easy to glorify the past and be like, oh, you know, things were so simple back then, but um, those sounds definitely live on. You know, the Black Keys, who I was crazy about in high school and played all through college at my college station, are... It's a new take on an old sound, but it's not the same thing. It's a reinvention, you know, and that's rock and roll right there. And that's fantastic. Um, and that's just one example of a band who, you know, Tame Impala, if you want to look at more of like the psych route, you know, they reinvented that. It's all there. You know, you just have to be open to new music. And XRT is the station in Chicago that puts the stamp of approval on you know what the new good music is right which is cool it's <laughs> it is fun but it's 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 a good point that you make because it takes a little bit more effort on the listener's part no longer mm-hmm. can you just flip on your radio and you won't you won't hear tame impala on every single station you right. won't hear the black keys on every single station so it's not as prevalent and that has me wondering if people say that there aren't any bands like oh there's no led zeppelin anymore no one the size of the rolling stones the beatles it's that's because they're not played as much as you know say like a drake is today uh you know Nicki minaj where they're dominating um the musical landscape and that's okay it's you know not a not a criticism but it takes effort on a listener's part to really discover that great music like you mentioned right and if there are pioneers of a genre then a new wave of of kids will come through but you can't expect people to you know, reestablish an entire genre of music. Right. They can only take it and transform it into something new. So there isn't a Led Zeppelin today, I don't think. Well, there's Greta Van Fleet. Uh, well, yeah. Just, but <laughs> Greta, all joking aside, <laughs> Greta Van Zeppelin. Yeah, Greta Van Zeppelin. <laughs> um, but there's an interesting point. I wanted, I wanted to ask, you know, your opinion on this. I overheard someone say at Lollapalooza that one of the reasons Greta Van Fleet is so popular amongst kids is that it's their first exposure to it. And it's not a bunch of old people playing the music. You know, these are 17-year-olds, people their age. And something that's easy, that you can easily identify with, you see them up on stage making this music. And it's like, wow, this is awesome. It's not just the stuff my dad listens to in the basement. Another artist like Greta Van Fleet, who has a primarily younger audience, is Tash Sultana. Tremendous musician, retains a ton of rock and roll elements in her music while still creating her own unique sound. And I think... Both of those bands, you play them and you put on a blindfold so you don't know what they look like at all. You could say, hey, this is from another era. Mm-hmm. You know, Zepp- Greta Van Fleet could be yeah. like Zeppelin in the 70s. You play Tash Sultana. Uh, it's music could be made during the 80s, 90s at any time. But young people are getting hip to the music. They're attached to it because it's people their age that are playing it. You know, how do, how do, how do you think bands like that make that crossover into becoming a household name or even getting people who um are zeppelin fans who fans those classic rock fans getting their acceptance um that's interesting greta van fleet their show their after show at the vic the audience was 60 year old men 
16 year old girls it was you know so wide ranging it was <laughs> which was awesome because it's just music and it's just rock and roll and that's you know what it's it's just meant to be enjoyed you know um in terms of uh you know th- it's like that wilco song the late greats mm-hmm. you know um the best music will never get recorded i'm not trying to quote the lyrics but that's like the idea of it is that you know the the best music isn't necessarily you know coming out of the pop machine and and coming out of the top 40 station and i know i'm ripping on those but i do it all the time you know i'm just being transparent (laughs) if you it's like with anything if you want quality you just have to look a little farther and that's what xrt does is we you know go a little bit deeper and a little more in depth with our music so it's not just the cheap stuff but it's something that really has some sustenance to it and you know it's a band that will deliver on an album time and again um because they're talented musicians and they're writing with insightful lyrics and they're you know making you know really good music and and that's the kind of stuff that's fun to promote you right. know so before we wrap things up, you know, I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast and, and chatting with me. Thanks for having me. The last question I have is, were you to move off the overnights, how long is it going to take for you to feel like a normal person again? Oh, man. <laughs> Ten years. Ten years. Are you ever going to feel like that or has <laughs> no. this permanently scarred you? I don't know. I'm actually worried about what they say, like if there are lasting effects of working nights. Um I don't know. Uh, maybe it'll take a, a week, a month, a year. Um, I'd love to wake up in the morning and have coffee and go for a run. That'd be nice. <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> we'll see. Well, what are, you know, final final thoughts here. You know, what are what are some of the main lessons that you've learned from speaking to people during this time period that you had no idea you were going to learn at the onset of it? Um, you mean things I've learned about radio or about music radio industry? about people about yeah. life just from you know being their voice from midnight until 530 a.m. Um, I think that radio is an incredibly intimate media because your voice is in someone's kitchen and their bathroom and their living room and you're in their house you're a presence in their house so when I meet people who you know listen to my show it's like Um, they, they know me because I'm a friend and I'm a companion overnight and I'm there and I'm playing music for them and that's so cool. And it's kind of weird sometimes because I don't know them, you know, and they they might, you know, be more familiar with me than I realize. But, um, but that's such a cool advantage to being able to have a voice on the radio is that I can, you know, really be a companion overnight to this third shift of, of, you know, people that make the city run overnight and it's, it's an honor. Right. Well, and it's an honor to have you and to be able to listen to you on the radio. Uh, once again, you can follow Emma on Facebook at Emma Mac and you can follow her on Twitter at Emma Mac XRT. Emma, thanks again for stopping by the podcast and chatting. Yeah. Thanks Marty. It's, it's been awesome. Anytime. Big thanks to Emma Mack for joining us on the podcast today and talking overnight radio and so much more. So this part of the podcast, we usually go over music news and happenings that have gone on since our last episode. But since we got a double bill going on, I'm going to ask you to scroll down, give the next episode a listen. It's really good. I promise you want to listen to it. 
along with all of our past episodes. Got to do my due diligence here. But we'll cover the latest music news and happenings. So if you're listening to us on iTunes, just scroll down to find the latest episode or on 93xrt.com slash inside the archives. Give the next episode a listen and you can get updated on the latest music news and happenings. Once again, I want to remind you that you can find us on iTunes by searching the library for Inside the Archives. Subscribe to the show, rate us, leave us a review, and find a full archive of episodes to share with your friends and listen back to every single episode we've done thus far. So thanks again to Emma Mack and for you, the listener, for tuning in today. You can find me on Twitter at Marty Rosenbaum, as well as following XRT on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at 93XRT. For 93XRT and Inside the Archives, I'm Marty Rosenbaum. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.